Welcome to Igniting the Fire Within, a limited series podcast presented by Wildfire Magazine and The Burn Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, April Stearns. Each week for the next year, you'll hear an essay from our book read by the author. Igniting the Fire Within is a collection of stories of healing, hope, and humor, offering an insider's view into today's young breast cancer community. We compiled 50 essays for people diagnosed in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. There is medicine for each of us in these stories, whether you've been personally diagnosed with cancer or not. Wildfire stories in general, but especially the ones you'll hear from Igniting the Fire Within, are stories of transformation. Our storytellers experienced a shift in perspective as a result of something that happened to them. And the cancer diagnosis was not the thing that happened, or it wasn't the only thing. The cancer diagnosis was merely the catalyst for later changes that led our writers to understand deep truths about the world. Each one of them learned lessons that showed them what it is to live, not just survive, in the glare of cancer. We believe deeply that the stories that change us aren't so much about what happened as they are about what came next. And hearing those stories, true stories of transformation, that's what ignites the fire within each of us. A listener note before we dive in, cancer is a salty business and sometimes talking about it and the aftermath requires salty language. Listener discretion is advised. Today's storyteller is Lauren Oxenhandler. Lauren is a life coach, a Reiki practitioner, and a virtual programming director for the Breasties. She was diagnosed at age 30 with stage 2B triple negative breast cancer. She lives in Chicago, Illinois, and here she is reading her story, Puberty and Purgatory, at 31. I'll never forget the day in sixth grade history class when my brave best friend took it upon herself to tell Kiki Berman that her period blood had seeped through her otherwise airy-looking, light khaki linen pants. The look on her face of sheer horror and panic as to what to do next is forever etched in my brain. I didn't have a clue what happened to Kiki once she left class, but I knew two things. One, Kiki Berman does, in fact, have her period, contrary to popular belief, and two, Periods are surprise parties that can ruin all sorts of pants, plans, and dreams. I was somewhat jealous of Kiki, as my pubescent story is the cliche one that starts with most of the girls in your friend group already having their periods, but you're the one waiting for Big Red in the checkout line. It is a sort of envy that causes inner turmoil over what it must be like to finally feel like one of the girls. This is in middle school, nonetheless, where fitting in isn't a realistic goal, but everyone tries to achieve it. My inner monologue wouldn't shut up. Everyone has it. What if I don't ever get mine? I learned that waiting patiently is a hard game to play. At least my boobs had grown beyond buds, but the waiting to see how big they would get and worrying if my nipples were weird kept my anxiety pretty constant. Some of my friends used pads. Others were brave enough to stick a tampon up there. But we all used the excuse that we had our period and used pads in order to skip swimming days during gym class. Lucky for me, it was an excuse you could make before you got your period too. Something you promised in society as a kid with a vagina, 
is that you'll ultimately make it into some club where everyone in it bleeds religiously every month and also gets horny and rude. Of course, you don't know about those membership perks until you join, or rather your body signs you up. When I least expected it, and everyone's conversations had already shifted from blood to boobs, I got my period too. And of course, it was in the middle of a warm school day in a building with no AC, and I'm in khaki fucking shorts, just like Kiki's. Thanks, dress code. I confided in my bestie, the same bestie who told Kiki about her dire situation, and she was not currently riding the tide with supplies to spare, but she confidently walked me to get one from the nurse and hung with me in the bathroom while I adhered a pad to my underwear for the first time. I was excited to finally be a part of the club, but no one else seemed to care or notice that I'd been waiting to join. Whatever, I had boobs. Somewhere along the line, I learned that having my period means that I could have a baby and that I'd need to protect myself from getting pregnant until I wanted a baby. I dreaded my monthly flow and its impact on my rabbit-like sex life before I found out that everyone has sex on their period. By my mid-twenties, my monthly period became just another chore to tick off my to-do list. Then, sometimes, my period was as reassuring as the best friend I needed at the end of a bad blind date to tell me my ex wants me back. Phew! Got my period, not pregnant. My boobs looked great when they swelled with my flow, and they hadn't started sagging yet, so going braless at music festivals or anywhere was my prerogative. I could easily identify my favorite features, two of which were my breasts. Let's be honest. They basically had their own fan club and social media following. At least that's the pedestal I put them on. My breasts were a big part of the process of starting to learn how to feel confident in my body, as well as a means for external validation through sex with folks who love them. My 20s were special. Then I fell in love with a man who eight years later, I really wanted to make a tiny human with and the future looked dreary and filled with only love and gratitude. That's when the universe threw a Molotov cocktail through my window for seemingly no reason, and I woke up in a doctor's office in a pink cloth gown no woman should have to wear. Fast forward eight months, and a stage two triple negative breast cancer diagnosis, and somehow I endured six months and 16 rounds of chemotherapy, followed by a nipple and skin scarring, double mastectomy, with immediate pre-pectoral implantation of expanders. A surgery best described as removing the breast tissue but keeping the breast skin, nipple, and areola intact so that my future implants have good curb appeal. Who am I kidding? These eight months did not fly by or fast forward and I found myself in a pubescent purgatory waiting to feel like one of the girls again, if at all. Trapped between realities of who I once was who I had become, and who I wanted to be all over again. This time in my 30s, I'm reminded of the excitement, fear, and the what the fuck is happening of waiting for my period and growing boobs for the first time. These eight months without my trusty bloody buddy, coupled with some bionic woman type shit happening on my chest, and I can't help but feel a similar state of limbo that I did in middle school. It's the same waiting to get your period so you can fit in with your friends feeling. This time, it's not really the period you care about, but the baby-making abilities implied when and if my period will come back. And this time, 
everyone else notices when you're not already part of the club. I'm not a fan of statistics, but they say I have a 70% chance of coming out of menopause. Yes, that's right. I don't just not have my period. I'm in full-on, straight-up, menopause. Menopause was the gift I got during chemo, and it started in the same month as my 31st birthday. Not exactly how I planned to continue winning at life in my 30s. Sure, it's been nice not to deal with it on a logistical level, but on a let's get real bitch level, the few times I've had sex in the past eight months have been downright painful and just as awkward as it was when I was a virgin. So now let's add in the best element to puberty of all, our first awkward sexual encounters. At least this time is with someone I love and trust with my whole being, and not just some guy from my high school I met in a hot tub. Add in the hot flashes and the mood swings, and this menopause feels like a period on steroids minus the blood. I'm growing a new pair of foobies, and they aren't going to compare to the originals. So my expectations are managed a bit. The process of growing a new pair isn't as fun or exciting as the first time, especially when it's time for a fill. You're sitting there, topless, and think, fuck, your chest is numb as you glance back and forth between looking down at your chest and up at the mirror in front of you to literally watch your boobs grow. It's so black mirror that I don't know what to do with myself during or afterwards because I'm intrigued, disgusted, entertained, and immediately regretting all of my life choices all at the same time. Of course, with more saline comes more discomfort as the expanders do their job of stretching my skin to accommodate a more permanent solution to this purgatory. I only want enough to shake, but not to get in the way. So this process hopefully shouldn't take too long. So here I am, 31, and going through puberty again, which now that I'm writing this down, I realize is my worst nightmare come true. In the end, it's not about the old tits or the new tits. It's not about the lack of blood or babies coming out of my vagina or the awkward sex I'm not having. It's about finding some common experiences we have all gone through to feel connected to life again. I'm April Stearns, and you've been listening to Igniting the Fire Within, a limited series podcast by Wildfire Magazine and The Burn. Check us out at wildfirecommunity.org to order your copy of the book so you can read along each week. You'll also find our magazine and storytelling workshops there. Big thanks to our producer, Bill Smith of Shoe Production, and our production assistant, Monica Haro. Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. If you like what you hear, tell your best friend, tell your mom, tell your oncologist. I mean, really, tell everyone you know. Or head into your podcast app and leave us a starred review to help others find their way to igniting their own fire within. Fire within.